Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you had a, a wonderful holiday break and, and this year is off to a great start. Um, this is going to be uh, another episode where we're going to bring in a guest that we interviewed about a month ago, Mr. Paul Hutchinson. And if you haven't listened to episode 95, I, uh, I beg you go back and listen to episode 95. It's the first podcast we've done that had really nothing to do with finances at all. It was all about Paul's uh, foundation and the impact he's having around the world on uh, rescuing and protecting children. So give episode 95 a listen and then uh, come back and listen to part two where we actually, Paul and I sit down, Paul, my podcast host, and I sit down with Paul Hutchinson and, and, and discussed his business background. So Paul is a highly, highly successful businessman. And I think uh, some everybody listening will enjoy learning from his his philosophy behind wealth creation, his mindset, how he got to where he is today, and how he continues to uh, really to bless other people with the blessings he's received throughout his life. So I will do a quick introduction here, and then we'll just jump into it. So Paul Hutchinson, a successful business owner, investor, and philanthropist, has dedicated his life to creating a world where every child can experience safety, freedom, and hope. In 2017, Paul founded the Child Liberation Foundation and has led or held a critical role in over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries. Through his foundation and others that he has helped to start and fund, over 5,000 children have now been liberated. Paul is the primary investor and executive producer of the film Sound of Freedom, the film highlights one of the largest child rescue missions in history with over 120 victims being liberated in which Paul himself held a pivotal role. So again, I will, I will tout that film. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. Take your kids to it. Uh, great film that I think everybody needs to see. But in his professional career, Paul's most notable accomplishment was co-founding a, a successful investment fund, which he retired from in 2017. He's been the keynote speaker to royalty, and at family office conferences on six continents. Paul Hutchinson is known and respected worldwide for his professional accomplishments and for the profound impact he is making in the lives of millions. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right, we're back. And hey, we've got, uh, Paul, you and I got our second guest ever on the show. And uh, I guess when everybody's hearing this, this will be the second time they've heard him, Mr. Paul Hutchinson. So welcome back to the show, Paul. Thank you. Have you. All right. Well, so, you know, we've talked, there's really two things that we want to talk to Paul Hutchinson about. And, you know, one of those is the foundation, which we spoke on previously uh, in a previous podcast. This time, let's focus on the business side of Paul Hutchinson, because after all, we are a financial podcast. And I think we got a lot of people who are really interested in uh, how, you know, maybe they can build a, a multi-billion dollar investment fund. I don't know. But um, Paul, why don't you kind of introduce us um, to yourself again from, say, your business background? What is your business background and how did you get to, to where you are becoming who you are? 
Well, thanks for having me on, Dave, again. Um, so quick, quick background. I, uh, I originally was going to, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a surgeon. In fact, I was a, I was a kid getting picked on in school and came home and I told my mom, I, I want to be a, I want to, I want to be a brain surgeon. She's like, why do you want to be brain surgeon? So I can fix how people think, right? That was kind of, and I was serious. I studied all about the human brain. And then I, I changed my goal to become an, a, a heart surgeon. I figured that, you know, retrospectively looking back, I think I figured that, that the only way to really fix how people think is by changing their heart. And I, I didn't want to be just a doctor. I wanted to be a surgeon, not a regular surgeon, but a heart surgeon, not a regular heart surgeon, but one who operated on, on children. I wanted to be a pediatric cardiologist. And I got in a, uh, I was two months away from, from taking the MCAT and I got in a major car accident and it severed all the tendons in my hand. And they, they didn't know if I'd have the dexterity to be a surgeon. So they said, you know, you can be a regular doctor. I said, I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a regular now, I don't want to be a regular anything. Now, I mean, no offense to to those in 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 healthcare, but you know, if if, if I'm going to be a garbage man, I'm going to own the dump. That's just how I think, right? And from a financial standpoint, there's there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a regular anything. There's really not. But you have to decide if you really want to to create a world of abundance from a financial standpoint. You have to decide what that looks like. And and how you're going to build your 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 business in a way that's going to do that. And so I I changed my major to business and uh, and and finance. Started a company and became an entrepreneur. I uh, I build a build a company in my early twenties. That and from a from a company standpoint, people ask me, Paul, how do you become a millionaire? Well, create a million dollars worth of value in the lives of other people. Create a million dollars worth of value and you'll be a millionaire, right? Because we live in this world of exchange and that's all that money is. Money is a way where you can you can provide value in the lives of others and get that money and you should expect it back, right? You want to become a, a billionaire? Create a billion dollars worth of value in the lives of other people and expect that value to be coming back. So, so that's what I did. I created a company um, that 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 sold a personal coaching program to help people overcome anxiety and depression. And I and sold. Why that. did you focus on that company? Did was that a, something you had personal experience with, or no, how did you come up what, with that? <laughs> what happened was I I. Um, I had a mentor. He said, Paul, he said, if you're going to be successful in business, you need to learn how to sell, learn how to handle rejection, learn how to sell. So I, I found a job at a, at a call center, cold calling, selling children's videos. I told him, I says, I'm not going to sell something I don't believe in, but these were videos that help children learn responsibility and honesty and, and integrity and different things like that. So I, you know, I'm, I'm at this call center, cold calling, selling these things. And then they brought on a new account. Uh, selling personal coaching programs for uh, this attacking anxiety company, and uh, and that really, uh, I I I had I had been given an audio program in my early like fourteen years old by my dad called as Brian Tracy's the Psychology of Achievement. Yeah, big fan and of Brian Tracy. I, I listened to that thing so many times that I, I I wore out all of my audio tapes, right? They wouldn't have CDs back then. I had to, you know, tape them back together and screw them back up with a little pen, right? And um, and I I knew how powerful the mind was. 
And this program helped people change the negative habit patterns of thought that were creating anxiety in the first place. Worry, what if thinking, negative expectations, the perceptions they have of themselves, all of these things. And so I I, I, I navigated to that division of this company and ended up taking over that entire account. And in fact, I built it. I had over 200 employees. We, uh, we, we sold personal coaching programs, sold a bunch of other things. But I, over a period of about seven years, had a... Um, Sorry, I tell him to shut that dog up out there. Sorry. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> Paul's dog that's barking in the background. <laughs> no worries. So, so anyway, this uh, um, this was something that allowed us to. Um, okay, good. He shut up. I was going to go throw a rock at him. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter's dog. She just got this little uh, this little uh, golden doodle. I don't know. It's this thing is he's he's got way more energy than I do. But so anyway, yes, I I in in putting together a system that helped people change their negative habit patterns of thought, they could turn around and change everything about their life. And so that's the company that I I build. I sold it when I was about 29 years old and from there was able to start doing real estate investing and building building the company we did. But but um, it started out in in sales, in selling a program that would help people overcome stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that's great. Paul, what do you got? You got I was say? just going to say, you know, Paul, I watched an interview uh, with you regarding the sound of freedom. This is, you don't know anything about real estate or, the, or back then you didn't, right? You said you build, you build teams. So you're more of a, a who, not how type of guy. And you found the right people, I'm assuming, to help you build that, that real estate business from from the ground up seemingly. Exactly. You know, everything, everything that you do from a business standpoint uh, comes from building a team. Um, people ask me, Paul, they call me all the time. They're like, Paul, I have a question about real estate. You know, I've got this real estate question. I said, I don't know crap about real estate. They're like, oh, you're the co-founder of this multi-billion dollar real estate fund. No, I, I, you're right. I am. But what we did right from the beginning was put together a powerful team of people who could, who could, create that. And that's, that's, that's exactly how it all came about. So you, I, I like what you just mentioned when you were talking about your, your coaching and the, the mindset company that you first started. Um, it all comes back to mindset that, so something Paul and I are big on is you got to rethink the way you think, rethink your thinking. That's something one of our mentors, Nelson Nash tells us and, and anybody else who practices the infinite banking concept is rethink your thinking you gotta it starts up here and then it it moves everywhere else how have you seen that take place in your own business journey where um i don't know how old were you when you started your first company and how much different are you <laughs> now business-wise than you were then right mm -hmm. just with the way you approach things and people yeah i i my first company was like at seven, eight years old, I told my dad I wanted a store in the front yard, and he wasn't wasn't too excited about that. I, I started a, uh, a company you know, mowing lawns and um, and did pretty well. We actually expanded way more than what the average lawnmower would do at 12, 14, 16 years old. I picked up a bunch of houses for the for the board of realtors that were just kind of empty and sitting, etc. Um, but moving forward, um, I. From a business standpoint, I think that it's super important to, to start with a, an understanding of money itself, because 
if you have this wrong, then everything else gets messed up. Let me let me explain. So step one in in making money in business or in anything else is you've got to get your head around the fact that we truly, truly, truly live in a world of abundance. Okay, let me explain. If there's something inside of you that that let's say that you're a good person, you're you're an honorable person, you don't want to hurt other people. And but there's something inside of you that thinks that we live in a in a world of scarcity in any way, right? If you think that it's a zero sum game where in order for you to make a million dollars, that somebody has to lose a million dollars. If if you think that at all, then subconsciously you're going to sabotage your own success. You're going to think, oh, I know, I don't. I don't want that million. I don't want that 10 million, whatever, because it's there, there's suffering people out there. And, and by me taking that, then it's adding to their suffering. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is so important to get your head around the fact that we truly live in a world of abundance. Here's here's let me explain. Many people, if you if you open up many different economics books, that the some of the definitions of economics are the division of scarce resources, which is a fallacy. There's enough resources in this world where every one of us could have all the food we could ever eat, all the all the clothes we could ever wear, a beautiful home. Every single person could have that, right? The problem is, is that we think that we live in a dog-eat-dog world. We think that, the, and, and people run their companies this way. Only way for me to get ahead is I want to destroy the competition. No, you don't. You could build your businesses on a creative plane. Instead of a competitive, you could you could create out of thin air. This is one of the reasons I love the English language is that we use the word to make money, to create money. In reality, that's what we do. You know, we we joked offline a little bit that the only guys that really make money is the Federal Reserve. You're right. You know, they're the ones that print it. Right. But 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 think about this for a second. Okay, let's go back to my anxiety and depression company. The people that we were talking to on the phone had anxiety and depression disorders to the point where they were debilitating. They were not able to work a job. They couldn't, they couldn't, a lot of them couldn't even leave their houses, right? So how could I feel good selling a 2,000, having these guys max out their credit cards and give me $2,000 for a personal coach when they didn't even have a job? How could I feel, how could I sleep at night, right? Here's how. We had a 100% money back guarantee that after 12 weeks, we I was so confident in the program that we had that, that after 12 weeks of working with their personal coach, if they were not able to work a normal job again, I'd give them their money back, right? We had a 97% success rate. Only 3% weren't able to, to, to live a normal life and we gave them their money back. 97% of them were able to now work a job. Now they're earning two or three or four or five thousand dollars a month, easily now able to pay off that credit card, right? We literally created money out of thin air by by taking somebody that couldn't be a, a benefit to society and giving them the tools to be able to heal and do so. And you can do that everywhere. We were doing that with our our investment fund. You say, okay, how do you do that there? Well, we could create a true win 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 all the way across the board. When when we were coming into the 2008 financial crisis, we were one of the first funds in the country to be qualified on a on a top level purchasing platform with all the GSEs with Freddie, Fannie, HUD, FDIC. So when a bank had 30 days to live, we would get a call. 
by then the bank president's willing to negotiate. He realizes that 30 days from now he's he's out of a job and his shareholders have a big fat zero. So we come in and say, look, that hundred million dollar portfolio you have of apartment complexes, we'll buy it for $30 million, 30 cents on the dollar. Now they immediately get $30 million of cash. It's a win for the banks in some way. Yes. For us, it's a win for all of our employees now that we have have working with us. It's a win for all of our investors. We're, we're making a 30 plus percent return those years. And it's a win for the tenants. Why? Because we're not a scum lord. We're going to come in and put, put English as a second language program, a bookmobile, the tutors, all of these things that the tenants need making it. We're not putting gold towel rods in a, in a B-class class neighborhood, but we're going to put ourselves in their shoes and say, okay, how can we create a true win for our tenants, just like the win that we're getting for our investors, just like the win that we're getting for, for our employees, just like the win that we created for the bank, we can create a true win-win-win with the right system in place. That's awesome. And you remind me of, I mean, I used to flip houses. I did that full-time for a couple of years and, and you can't print money, but you can create wealth, just like you said. And I think it's something that a lot of people could relate to is renovating a home. You might buy a home for $150,000, put 50 grand into it, and now you can sell it for $300,000, right? Or $275,000. Like you created wealth and you didn't have to take that out of anybody else's pocket or somebody who refurbishes old classic cars. They put all that sweat equity into it. They created wealth because exactly. now somebody wants that thing and they're, yeah. they're going to pay for it because they've got the means to do so and it's, it's worth more. So I love exactly. that. I love that. The zero sum, I hate, we are so conditioned to think zero sum. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, yeah, like I say that, you know, the definition of economics is the division of scarce, uh, scare, division of scarce resources. You go back a thousand years, okay? You, you talk to an astrologer and you say to him, you say, how, uh, what, what, what's the definition of astrology? What do you do as an astrologer? Well, he would answer, he would say, well, as an astrologer, even up until the 1600s, right? The answer was, we, we study how the, how the, the, the sun and the planets and the stars revolve around the earth, right? The very definition of what they did precluded them from understanding the truth that the earth wasn't the center of the universe. Today, the very definition of economics, the division of scarce resources, precludes people from understanding the truth that we, we are able to create wealth, that we don't live in a world of scarcity, that we can create a world of abundance for everybody. And that, that's an important kind of a mindset change in order to move forward from a financial success standpoint. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And it goes back to what, you know, I, I think you can't do that without people. I think there's infinite value in the human being. And that's what, I mean, frankly, what life insurance is based off of is human life value, right? The, the recognition that every human being has a, an economic value, not, not even to mention the, you know, just the, the sanctity of human life and the value that's there, which you're all too familiar with and the charity that, that, and the foundation that you run. Um, but it goes back to people. So I'd like to hear more, and I know Paul would too, about what do you look for in the, the qualities of the people that you bring on your team? So you say, hey, I built a, a multi-billion dollar investment, uh, real estate investment fund without really knowing a whole lot about real estate because I know people, I know how to build teams. What are those qualities you look for in, in those people who are on your core team and, and 
you know, how do you bring them together? Like, what's the magic sauce there? Number one, integrity. You know, I can, I can, uh, we can teach incompetence, you know, we can work through that, you know, okay, let's, let's help you help you get better at that skill. But integrity is, is something that, that is hard to teach. And so finding people with the right heart, with the right integrity, and, and it goes back to the fruit on the tree. It really does. You know, don't get to the point where you're like, oh, this guy's such a great talker. I want him on my team and, and forget to do your background checks or forget to do your, your, your interviews with past employers or past whatever else. Just say, Hey, this is part of what we do. I'm sorry. I want to, I want to make sure that we have this was put in place. And also from a contractual standpoint, point with people I, I John John came up with this my co-founder of the fund he he uh, he said he, every time we had a new relationship with a new partner or anything else he said listen I love you I trust you I just don't trust your your ex-wife's attorneys right meaning if something happens and you get hit by a bus tomorrow and your equity all goes there we need to make sure that it's all on paper so super clear and so that way it's not like hey we need to secure all this stuff and put it all on paper because i don't trust how you're going to change your mind in the future no we say listen i trust you 100 but we never know what what's going to happen we don't know if the plane goes down or whatever else now i have to deal with your your uh, your widow's attorneys and i don't want to deal with that in the same way i deal with you so let's put it all on paper so that that's, that's a great that's, way to put it sounds like yeah, a perfect opportunity for a buy sell agreement. Yeah, I was gonna say buy sell agreement, and uh, it's almost like the future is unknown. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now, now from uh, um, from building the team, I I knew from the beginning that John and I didn't have the pedigree or the experience to manage a multi billion dollar company. You know, that was our vision of where we wanted to go. But we knew that if we built the company right from the beginning and had the vision of where we wanted to go, that we would attract the right people that would that would supplement what we were missing. And so that's exactly what happened. I I remember I got a I got a call from a friend of mine and he said, Paul, he said, you want to climb Kilimanjaro in Africa? I'm like, no. Well, why would I, I haven't even climbed Mount Olympus. Why would I want to do that? He said, well, we're, we're leaving in about four months and you got to give up all your Saturdays just to train. It's going to cost about 10 grand. And I'm like, well, then hell no. Why, why would I, why, why would I pay all this money and give up my Saturdays? He said, well, let me tell you what I'm doing. I've handpicked 12, uh, 12 guys that I have mentored over the years there that I've worked with their companies that are all getting it. And these guys have sold their companies for a hundred million or 50 million, all these great. And he starts going through this list. I mean, guys like at the time, Richard Branson was on the list. Richard didn't end up coming on the, the trip with us, but some of his guys did. But, but so he starts reading through this list of the guys that were already committed to come. And halfway through the list, I said, now, now when, when are we going again? Right. Cause, <laughs> cause I knew that, that spending time with people of that caliber, whatever happened from it would be good. Right. And so, so I got to, I got to meet guys on that trip that had donated more that month to charity than I did my entire life combined. Right. There's guys that, that did over $3 billion in real estate development that I'm like, holy crap. And bring them on as my new partners in the fund because they had the fruit on the tree. They had the integrity and, and, and were able to collaborate. And so that's really what it's about is building something with with the intention to attract the right people uh, on your team as it, as it moves forward. And, and, and I will say this, you know, you can call this faith, you can call it, you know, karma, call it whatever you want to. I, 
part of manifestation, part of creating that world of abundance is identifying exactly what you want, exactly what you want. So you can feel it and taste it and smell it. And to the point where you're actually grateful for it before it ever happens, that's the purest form of faith is if you can have pure gratitude for that thing that you're creating, that you're you're attracting into your life. And then from there, Learn to listen, not listen in your ear, but listen here on your heart. I have a a book that'll be coming out in a few months called, Are You Listening? That talks about the the undercover work that I did and finding the the, the traffic children and and feeling that, that still small voice of truth. And it also talks about building the companies and identifying what you want and then paying attention to what God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, starts bringing into your life. God God answers every single time when when I identified exactly what it was that I wanted and, and was open to things that were literally a one in a billion chance that that guy happened to be part of my team now and that guy came into my life, et cetera. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I love that. I'm sure you could talk forever on that. Um, so there's one thing with, with the time we have left with this, we could ask tons of questions here, but what I, so I understand you have a couple kids, grown children. Um, I know your son is doing his own kind of, um, at least, you know, a, a shared connection you and I have was explaining to me what, what he was doing, which sounds really cool. You know, meeting with, you know, big investors or, you know, bringing people together. Anyway, he seems like a, a young kid who's already successful in his own right, but on the right track. Paul and I are very intentional about legacy. And we always talk, not just financial legacy, which is why we love, you know, permanent life insurance. You leave something back for your family, right? You know, a, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Um, but, a financial, not or a, uh, I'm sorry, educational legacy and everything else that comes with that, you know, um, like you mentioned, character, integrity, all of that. What would you say, and this is more of a parenting question, how have, have you, what did you do with your kids to pass on that legacy to them so that they are, you know, contributing members of society with integrity, character, and kind of forging their own path in life? Because I've got Paul's got kids. I've got kids. And they're they're at those ages where like, man, am I doing enough? Have I screwed them up? Have I set them <laughs> up for success? What am I, I? I don't know everything, right? So we'd love to learn from you on what you did that to, to bring up some, some successful, well-rounded kids. Well, I, I will say this. Um you know, building a, an investment fund, you you get to know a lot of what I call G2 and G3, G4 families, you know, generation two, the, the guys that inherited the wealth instead of earned it in the first place. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, by the time you get to the second and third generation, unless they were taught properly by their families they they get into this weird mindset of entitlement and 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 not and more fear based and 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 how they're investing um one thing i love we we have a good relationship with uh, some members of the marriott family and they told us they said every single sunday dinner we we didn't talk about you know who who was playing the next ball game. We talked about investment strategies together as a family, right? And they 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 passed on that knowledge to their kids in in uh, in in having those as part of their their regular conversations. It's also important too to 
to help your kids find their own path, give them the tools they need and the foundation. But I was I was sure to tell my kids, listen, just so you know, I'm putting together things that are going to help pay for the education of your kids and your kids' kids, et cetera. But you're not getting a Ferrari when I die. I'm just telling you that right now, right? This is all set up in a way where, where the, the education stuff is taken care of. You know, I'll help you invest in a company and, and build it from there, et cetera. But you're, you don't expect to have tens of millions of dollars when, when I pass. In fact, I'm probably going to outlive all y'all. So don't expect <laughs> any of that, right? Yeah. And, and so so letting them know, hey, I support you. I'm going to give you the wings to fly, but I'm not going to do your flying. I'm not rescuing you. You you, uh, you can come to me and we can come up with advice. And my son, Jordan, you know, you brought him up. He He's out doing what I did. You know, when I was... When I was uh, starting building the fund, I, I realized that if I put together these really cool events, you know, I had the suits and supercars. I'd have my my tie my tailor from Thailand come in for custom suits, and I had every everybody I knew with supercars would come and would have them all parked. I told them if you have a minivan, you have to park in the church parking lot, <laughs> right? And yeah. you, you got a supercar, you park in the driveway. Well, and and I'd bring together a network these high net worth families doing that. Well, my son did one like a month and a half ago. He's like, dad, instead of suits and supercars, I'm going to do suits and and private jets, right? So Love he it. literally had families from around the country fly in on their Gulfstream jets through this event, this networking event. And so, so I, I love it. I love it when they take the ball and run even harder than I did. Yeah, and he they, one-upped you there. Yeah. So boom, watch this pop. Boom, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. We could, uh, I know we could keep talking for, uh, for hours on how you build businesses and, and build teams and everything like that. But, um, well, uh, I think we gave people a, a lot of good stuff to, to grab onto. And what I really liked, I, I don't, I don't even know if you, you'd realize you said it, but you were talking about the Marriott, fi- Marriott family and that when they sat around having family dinners, they would talk about this stuff. I think that's so important to have you know, break bread together with family, which is something that, that just doesn't happen enough yeah. um, anymore. But that kind of fellowship uh, around a table instead of a boardroom, a yeah. kitchen table. So yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, best The best things that you can give your kids is, is healthy self-esteem and a relationship with their creator. Yeah, everything else in life they can work through. If they if they've got that solid foundation, that integrity, that moral compass in their life, and and good healthy self esteem, then no matter where the road turns, they're they're going to they're going to make it just fine. But awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you you visiting us again, Paul. We we really respect and appreciate your time, and. Uh, Look forward to, I'm sure we're going to connect in the future in, in one way or another. I, I, I hope our paths will cross. Somehow. For sure. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm traveling a lot. If you have a, if you have any other big stages to put me on or whatnot, then let me know. And and I'm doing podcasts a lot now. I was full undercover for 10 years, but now I'm I'm out and sharing those stories as well. So, and if you want to learn more, you can just find me anywhere on social media on Liberating Humanity. Just type in liberating.humanity or go to liberatinghumanity.com. In fact, this podcast will be there with others there on liberatinghumanity.com once it's out. Outstanding. All right. Thanks, Paul. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. 
If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.